Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. A few years ago, I was standing just outside the United States Capitol building in Washington, D.C., where then-candidate Donald Trump was standing and delivering an address. It was one of his first rallies of sorts, and I was there in the audience uh, listening to what he had to say, speaking with other people, uh, getting a sense of you know how everyone was feeling. And it was during that rally, if you will, that he delivered the line that should he be elected president, that there would be so much winning that you'd get sick of winning. <laughs> There'd be so much winning that you would get sick of winning. I think about that line often when I am uh, getting ready for each day's program, sitting uh, outside the studio here in the newsroom with my colleagues shooting the breeze and uh, working through ideas and researching. I, I think about that that line delivered by former President Trump every time I get uh, a press release or a text message or uh, someone shares an article with me that places Utah high on some list. I think, oh my gosh, yeah, I think we already did the story about how great Utah is last week. Strong economy. Uh, a regulatory atmosphere that is very inviting to businesses. Yeah, we know how exciting. Uh, we know how, ex- how exciting Silicon Slopes are. Yeah, sure. Uh, new buildings going up there every time I drive around Point of the Mountain. I see some kind of new sign for some new uh, big tech company. I know, too, that our population is growing uh, faster than ever. We heard, what, just last week? Just last week, there was a, a, a release put out by the Milken Institute indicating that uh, lar- for large cities, that three of Utah's metropolitan areas made it into the top ten. And for small cities, even more. Utah's doing really, really well. Never take that for granted. It is very easy to do so because we hear about it all the time. We hear about it all the time. But let me share with you uh, some more recent details that show that Utah is maybe doing even better than we could have possibly imagined. Part of the debate right now before uh, Congress is this giant stimulus package, the relief package. In there is included uh, big monies for some of the states that were uh, hit pretty hard by the coronavirus. And when I say hit pretty hard, what I mean is, what I mean is states which made decisions which economically crippled themselves. Utah didn't do that. Utah didn't do that. Sure, we uh, have had and have observed over the past, uh, what, 16 months or so, an uptick in unemployment applications. That's coming down. 
we saw our unemployment numbers uh, jump a bit. They're coming down. What we didn't see, it turns out, is a dramatic loss in revenues, specifically tax revenues. The news right now uh, out of Utah's Capitol Hill, and it is news that is circling the globe. I've got a Fox Business article uh, up here ahead of me, and it reads, the headline reads, Utah estimates $1.5 billion budget surplus after a year of COVID. Utah estimates $1.5 billion budget surplus after a year of COVID. There's an extra $1.5 billion out there. Now there have been a number of requests for that money, and we'll see ultimately what shakes out. But uh, we right now know that if you measure if you measure things in terms of surplus or deficit, that here in the state of Utah, we remained well-positioned, that we stayed strong. And that while many of us certainly did suffer, that collectively we were able to retain our resiliency and we uh, transacted sufficient purchases and paid state taxes in other fashions, ultimately leading to a $1.5 billion surplus. Now, the question is, after the evidence that we did pretty well and we continue to do so, the secondary question is, well, what do we do? There's some polling I'd like to share with you. But first, uh, let's hear what uh, Utah House Speaker Brad Wilson had to say very recently on the position of the state when it comes to this surplus. It is a good problem to have. We're one of the few states in the country that is seeing our uh, taxes increase because the economy is doing well here. And, of course, that's just a reflection of the good people we have. Now, the question which we'll ask of Utahns in just a moment as we review some of this polling information is where will that money be spent Speaker Wilson replies this way. Our primary objective with that is to invest it back uh, into the needs of the state. Uh, Public education, higher education, and infrastructure are probably the uh, places we'll see that uh, money go. I'm going to play that for you one more time. Listen to the uh, emphasis on education. Our primary objective with that is to invest it back uh, into the needs of the state. Uh, Public education, higher education, and infrastructure are probably the uh, places we'll see that uh, money go. Scott Rasmussen conducted a poll where he asked Utahns exactly this same question. Where ought the money be spent? $1.5 billion, that is the surplus. Most common answer given, 34% of Utahns responding to this question. The Utah legislature currently debating how to spend the state's budget surplus. How do you think the money should be spent? 34% of Utahns would like to see those funds invested more in education, 34%. Now, uh, 28% next up says uh, a general income tax cut for all wage earners, a general income tax cut for all wage earners, 28%. Next up in line with 11% responding, an income tax cut directed towards senior citizens through the Social Security tax credit. What do you think? Where do you want to see Utah spend this $1.5 billion it has amassed in a budget surplus over this past year? The news is huge. Utah stands almost alone in being able to boast of a surplus like this. 
There are states right now that in their decisions, after having shut things down and made other regulatory decisions to combat the coronavirus, not only are they not doing as good a job as Utah is combating the virus, but they have also economically crippled their states. Utah did things differently. And the trophies to show for our good works are twofold. We are strong in our fight against the coronavirus, and there is a big stack of money able to be spent. How do you want to see it spent? Give me a call, 801-575-8255, 801-575-8255, or send a text message to 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Honestly, my preference is that you call. I want to hear your voice. 801 KSL Talk, your calls on how to spend this money, $1.5 billion, next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. $1.5 billion. I'm sure there are some clever like illustrations of that if you took uh, $1.5 billion worth of pennies and stacked them on top of one another. You can make it back and forth to the moon like 38 times or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I've never been good with those visualizations. I'm not sure how many tennis courts of hundreds. <laughs> is uh, $1.5 billion. Uh, I sure know that $1.5 billion is a lot, and likely, I'm leaving the door open, but the likelihood is that uh, yours truly will uh, never be in possession of $1.5 billion, but you and I collectively are. You and I as Utahns are right now uh, the, the stewards, indirectly albeit, but the stewards nonetheless of $1.5 billion. Uh, recently revealed by the governor's office, there has been a surplus of $1.5 billion. And you know, surpluses happen from time to time, and uh, deficits happen from time to time. But what is all the more remarkable about this $1.5 billion is that it came, it came in the midst of the devastating challenges of this COVID-19 virus. There are states, giant states, states whose uh, economies rival that of many countries around this globe who were brought to their knees as a result of the restrictions and the locking down of businesses and other uh, would-be safeguards in combating uh, this coronavirus. Here in Utah, two things have happened. Two very positive things have happened. Number one, Our collective behavior has resulted in very good progress moving forward in our battle against the coronavirus, while at the same time, at least compared to other states and other areas, we've been able to uh, maintain a pretty healthy economy, ultimately resulting in a $1.5 billion uh, budget surplus. Now, listen. I, I know what some of you are thinking. I'm thinking it as well. If we've got a $1.5 billion budget surplus, it means that whichever one of Uncle Sam's relatives is responsible for taxing us here in the state of Utah, uh, that that hand was in our pocket a little bit too much. Maybe that's the case. A poll conducted by uh, Scott Rasmussen asked the question of Utahns, uh, how do you think the money should be spent? Most folks, 34%, the largest uh, uh, the largest percentage of Utahns indicated that the funds ought to be invested uh, more so in education. Now, 
right on the heels of that 34%, right behind those uh, who would like to see this money sent towards education, say that a general income tax cut for all Utah wage earners uh, was the most appropriate. Well, I'd like to put the same question to you. How do you feel this money ought to be handled or spent? $1.5 billion. Get on the phone now. 801-KSL-TALK is the number. 801-575-8255. We'll go to the phones now and uh, uh, welcome Michael to the show. Michael, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Tell me what you think. We got $1.5 billion to spend, and I know it's not that simple, but uh, if if it were that simple, uh, what would you do? How would you spend that money? Well, I, I agree with the, uh, the the polls. I think education has to be a top priority, but I think there are other priorities that are important as well. And I put it in this context. We go back to COVID-19, and we like to pat ourselves on the back about how well we've done. But Utah has the third highest infection rate in the United States. We have the highest infection rate in the Western United States. And, uh, and COVID has laid bare some of the challenges we have. We have Utah ranks 34th of the 50 states with a 13% non-early uninsured rate in 2020. I think that I think we ought to stop patting ourselves on the back to some degree with respect to our COVID performance, but we need to address the problem of the uninsured. Those people who do not have access to insurance, those people who are poor, who, uh, who are disadvantaged because of race or whatever, Yep. and deal with the problem of the uninsured once and for all in the state of Utah. All right. Well, Todd, listen, thank you for the, the – or I'm sorry, Michael, thank you for the call. Uh, interesting position. Uh, a number of – uh, you know, a number of facts and figures there shared by uh, Michael. We'll have to go back and, and review those and see if they're spot on. But one thing I, I want to – uh, I want to respond to from Michael there, and it might be semantics, but uh, he said he he referenced a group of people who don't have access to insurance, and I would I would adjust that just slightly. I would remove that word "don't have access to" because th- there is no one to whom access is restricted, right? There are choices that you make. There are uh, con- circumstances in which you may find yourself that you don't have insurance. You don't have the means to cover uh, your medical expenses, but we all have access. We may not be able to afford it, or our employer may not offer us uh, the, the sweetest of deal, if any deal at all. But there's always a road. Uh, Todd from West Valley calls us. Todd, welcome to the program. How would you spend this $1.5 billion? Sarcasm. I think state legislatures legislators need a pay raise. <laughs> right? They okay, got us. They, they let us down to this profitable road. Why not reward them? <laughs> okay, that's sarcasm. They didn't lead us anywhere. <laughs> okay. First of all, people, when you say 1.5 billion, people got to get a grasp of what one billion is first. Mm-hmm. That's a thousand million. Okay. That's like a boatload of money. Well, so that's a couple boatloads. State employees. State employees, give them a pay raise. They all, all they ever usually gets like 2%. Give them a pay raise, do some education, fix our flipping roads, would you? I mean, there's a ton of things we could do with that money. Where are the roads uh, in most need of repair right now? Uh, from the eastern border to the western border. <laughs> okay. From the north to the south. All right. Well, I mean, our, our roads are horrible, but, you know, it is amazingly that Utah – has this surplus, like you said, I'll I'll use the name. California's been broke for decades. Yeah, yeah, and that's amazing that they ha- other people can't figure it out. 
So, yeah, being conservative as a general rule does pay off. Well, thanks for the call, Todd. Uh, grateful to you uh, for, for making it. Uh, I think that there are uh, there are many state employees certainly deserving of uh, of a pay raise. I like the idea of tax cuts and education truly ought to be a focus. That's an investment in the future, right? M- many other areas uh, of expenditure could be interpreted as investments in the future. But in terms of education, uh, those are people. Those are young Utahns. Those are the ones who, if uh, you know, if exposed to the right knowledge and if they are able to prepare their minds in such a way, they will be the ones that ensure that these types of profitable and prosperous circumstances here in this state remain the case in the future. Uh, real quick from Ruth. We have about 30 seconds. Ruth, welcome to the program. Uh, what do you think about this $1.5 billion? Well, first of all, I, I agree with the education. We can put it there. But if we have a $1.5 billion surplus, we need to stop taxing Social Security in this state. My husband and I are both retired, both receiving Social Security, and we pay taxes on that. And I think it's a travesty. Utah's one of only a handful of states that actually pay taxes on our Social Security income. And I think we need to stop. Fair enough, no. Ruth. You're not the only one uh, to... To voice that same view in the texts here, you can see that there are many folks agree with just what you have to say there. Uh, plenty of views here. I want to, yours to keep coming in. Uh, I'm going to invite you to send a text message to 57500, the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Uh, on there, uh, still interested in your answers to the very basic question, how ought Utah spend this extra money? How ought the legislators uh, in Utah's Capitol Hill look to spend this money. Next up, the top two stories at 2 o'clock here on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.